You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. I have concerns your troops believe their authority supersedes mine. The Colossus is my platform, Pyre. Don't forget that. Of course, Captain Doza. And our peacekeeping forces are simply doing what you agreed to. Helping to keep your station secure. Your forces are here only until these pirates are dealt with. This is for the safety of your family and constituents. You need us, Doza. Don't forget that. Perhaps Commander Pyre is correct, sir. The Colossus has never been safer than it is now. But at what cost? Broadcasting from a hidden rebel fortress long forgotten since the days of the Clone Wars, Commanders Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and their daring crew lead a rebel cell dedicated to bringing you stories of adventure and excitement from across the galaxy. Join them for tales of heroes from the dawn of the Resistance stretching back to the Old Republic. Tales of Jedi and Sith, rebels and Imperials, technological terrors and fantastic creatures. Legends so great, you won't believe them. But it's true. All of it. So what are you waiting for? Strap in and get ready to make the jump with Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast. Hello and welcome back to Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast for the Star Wars Resistance episode, The First Order Occupation. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and with me, as always, my faithful co-pilot, Matt the Crankster Cranky. Hey, what's up, Mike and Star Wars Resistance fans? Back. Uh, we're a little late this week. Just yeah, a tad. Uh, we had nope. to switch some stuff around. Amanda is uh, uh, producing a short film. Uh, and uh, her her work uh, at uh, she works at Rainmaker Studios, which uh, they do computer animation up here. So she's actually kind of in the same field as what we talk about every week. Um, she's a, she's a, uh, I think like an associate producer or something over there, um, or a line producer, production something manager. I don't know something like that. But uh, so she uh, she's got crazy stuff going on this week with one of her productions, and then the short film thing as well. So. Um, so she had to flip some stuff around, and so we are a day late. My hope, <laughs> oh boy, my hope was that by doing a Wednesday episode, which is when we used to do episodes, oh, yeah. Yeah, and the reason why we switched to Wednesdays a year ago was um, to sync up with the Star Wars show, because the Star Wars show was regularly dropping news, right? Mm-hmm. Now, this season, uh, or I mean, I guess since September, the Star Wars show has not been dropping news at all. Mm. So so we kind of like, we, we, we changed the schedule around Monday or Tuesday, right? Um, first, we tried Monday, and then Monday was too tight with it being on Sunday night and everything. It was like, no. So we pushed it to Tuesday, and then this week we're Wednesday. So we're a little late. But um, the hope was the hope was that we were going to get a Star Wars Episode Nine title reveal today. <laughs> How we didn't? Uh, no, I think everybody knows that. Um, uh, the Star Wars show was on today too. Yeah, and they dropped no news at all either. Nothing. So. Uh, I am going to edit and post this episode tonight because I want it to be out on the same day that we record because every day is a potential Star Wars Episode Nine title reveal day. Um, and let me tell you, I StarWars.com, Lucasfilm, Disney, if anybody is listening to this that is in any way associated with, with any of those uh, organizations, uh, what the heck are you doing to us? This is getting ridiculous. Um, <laughs> I think I said last week, I don't think they have a title. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, like, unless we get something tomorrow or Friday, uh, I'm maintaining that stance. I think they're still filming. I, if I'm, if I, if I recall correctly, there's been a couple of sort of tweets and that sort of thing to the effect of like, Oh, just wrapped up, just finished my part. But I think, so I think they're still in the midst of, of principal photography on episode nine. And that JJ, he doesn't pick a title until the mm-hmm. last possible minute, right? So I think he's more focused on the movie than he is on on what it's called. Um, I would love to know what their working title is, at least. You know, like I, I famously, uh, Empire Strikes Back was was filmed under the title. Uh, was it Empire or was it Return of the Jedi? One of them was Blue Harvest. Yeah. Um, it was Jedi, I believe. Yeah, it was Jedi. I, yeah, so... I, I, and, uh, yeah, I, I would love to know what, uh, what the, what the working title is. Do we know? I have one. Well, the one that I keep, keep sticking in my head is black diamond in mm. reference to, uh, the hardest, uh, ski slope yeah. uh, on a, you know, or on a slope on a ski or, or a run on a ski slope would be yeah. the black diamond referring to obviously some of the things that I've said before that I think JJ, this is this is a monumental task for him yeah. to do is to clean this thing or not clean it up, but close it out. Um, so that's the reference to the black diamond, the hardest thing to do to close out a trilogy. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've been hearing. I don't, did you, did you hear that one? Have you heard that before? Uh, I think so. Yeah. I think I, that yeah. sounds familiar. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what's going on over there. I, it's, it's, it's baffling to me. Um, we are roughly two months away from Star Wars Celebration mm-hmm. in Chicago. And, uh, man, we got – for a little while there, it was like, here's some Mandalorian news. Here's some Mandalorian news. Here's some Mandalorian news. And I think that that was keeping a lot of people happy. It was keeping them sort of satiated. And I think that maybe Lucasfilm thinks that Resistance is going to keep people on the hook. But – um Again, if there's anybody listening, I like I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Uh, look, I don't think a lot of people are watching Star Wars Resistance. I just don't like. It's not no. even like Clone Wars had had the biggest following of the three animated series, as far as I can tell. Um, yeah. That's anecdotally from sort of uh, you know being on Twitter and and doing the podcast, obviously. Right. Um, and even that it would more often than not talking to a star Wars fan and I'm talking casual to hardcore, um, you would hear, I, I don't know. I don't watch the animated stuff. And then rebels being in a different style and being more colorful and, you know, the younger characters and whatnot. Um, again, you know, less people and then resistance, I think both, sort of the soft reception so it hasn't really had it hasn't really had the enthusiasm behind it i think from the from the animated fan base um that other stuff has had uh and then and then i think that the style has has um i wouldn't say put off but just kind of like i almost turned away it's it's not that they're like oh the style so ugly. It's just that I think that the style being that much cartoonier and more of the sort of anime influence, um, I think some fans look at it and go like, yeah, I don't think that one's for me. And then there are people who've watched the show that are like, that's not for me. So I don't think that Resistance is doing necessarily what Lucasfilm and Disney hoped it would do. Um, mm-hmm. Now I'll say, since we came back from the break, I've been enjoying the show thoroughly. Uh, tonight's episode was another good episode. Um, I'm not going to say great. I'm excited for the next one coming up uh, for uh, uh, the new new trooper. Is that what it's called? I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm excited for that one. Uh, I'm excited the more this first order aspect of it continues to ramp up. The the preview scene that we got for for this upcoming episode gets me really excited because it's kind of um finally we're starting to we're getting information that we didn't have before um and that that map 
the star map of uh, uh, potentially fleet locations is showing us just how big the first order might actually be. And uh, uh, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, in The Force Awakens, we were like, well, it's all they've got is the finalizer. They've got the one Star Destroyer and the Starkiller base and, and, and a contingent of TIE fighters. Mm-hmm. That's all they've got, right? And then in The Last Jedi, we find out, well, the supremacy exists, as well as all of these other Star Destroyers, not to mention the Dreadnought. And you're like, okay, well, that's a lot more than we thought. And then you're on the supremacy, and you're like, that's a lot of ADATs. That's a lot of TIE Fighters. This ship is building their fleet. Uh, I think that the First Order might be bigger than we thought. And now in Star Wars Resistance, it's like here's all their fleet movements or whatever. And like, here's how big their fleet actually is. They're on this many star systems and you're like, and, and, and uh, what Kaz says in the preview, it's like, uh, there's not even that the new Republic doesn't even have that many ships. I, mm-hmm. uh, and that gets me super amped for episode nine. Yeah. Um, it also like, look, I, everybody's getting all melancholy and, and oh. This is the last one. Oh my goodness. No more Star Wars after this. The end of the Skywalker saga. Yeah, it's going to be the end of Han, Luke, Leia, and the Vader stuff. I, this is. There is no way. There's no way that they're going to turn their backs on these characters that they've created in Poe, Ray, Finn, Rose, Kylo Ren. And there's yeah. no way that this movie is going to wrap things up. And I think that's the thing. I think that might be part of the problem is that everybody is talking about this movie in the pop culture sphere as like, well, this is it. Episode nine. This is the end of it. The end of an era. And I'm kind of like, is it though? Yeah. Is it going to be the end? I don't think that it is. I I really don't see them turning their backs on these characters that they've created. And I do see this being a close to the to the sequel trilogy. I think it's going to have your, you know, uh, Return of the Jedi Ewok celebration moment, you know, of everybody sort of standing around. But I think that that moment might be more for the classic trilogy characters saying goodbye to the sequel trilogy characters than it is the entire team saying goodbye to everybody. And I know that like we've got the Ryan Johnson stuff, which isn't Saga, and we've got the the uh, Benioff and Weiss stuff that isn't Saga. But I the I just don't see them not continuing with stories about these characters. Uh, maybe they won't be numbered. It might like, this might be the last one with a number and, and continuing stories might just be, here's a story about Ray and Finn and whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. But I just can't see them. I don't know it, the, the, what, what they've positioned this one as I, yeah, I really think, I really think that there's a twist in this movie and the twist is going to be, Oh, we're not done. <laughs> like that's going to be, I, so um, a friend of mine, uh, a coworker of mine, I, I, who is not a huge star Wars fan joked. Oh yeah. It's uh, cause I've been going nuts about this title thing. Right. Every day I'm checking, 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 refreshing, refreshing, refreshing. <laughs> and he goes, Oh, is that, did they announce the title for uh, return of the Sith yet? And I was like, Return of the Sith. That's a good title. That is like for the third movie, like, because you've got Return of the Jedi, you've got Revenge of the Sith, and you've got Kylo Ren in this position where what way is he going to go, right? Did he bring back the Sith? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I really think that there's a possibility that this movie ends on the sort of Luke Skywalker return of the Jedi moment, but with Kylo Ren, Mm -hmm. um, 
and and it's it's the return of the Sith that he's that like as Ray is beginning to build up, you know, I I whatever whatever's going to happen with the Jedi Order, and because obviously Luke says that he's not the last of the Jedi, whatever Ray is about to do, um, or maybe has already done, I, and the Resistance and everything, I what is what is Kylo Ren going to do? Because what is, what is Kylo Ren's big thing? You know, he's like, uh, he's a grandfather. I'll finish what you started. Right. What is it? What does he think that means other than wiping out the Jedi? It's like, well, the Sith were meant to, according to Palpatine and Vader, the Sith were meant to rule the galaxy. Right. And that's kind of always been the Sith thing. What was the thing holding Kylo Ren back? It was Snoke. Snoke wasn't a Sith. He wasn't a Jedi. He was something else, right? Without Snoke in charge, does the First Order become the Empire? Mm-hmm. Does it Does it become the Sith? Um, yeah, I just there's so much yeah. secrecy about this movie. We haven't seen very much at all, even when it comes to like set leaks and stuff. Um, mm-hmm there's they they were filming in jordan and you know we've seen some some pictures of some possible sets in jordan which uh, uh you know a dusty sandy place and who knows it could be a classic planet it could be jakku it could be another desert planet but that would be silly um but you know like we're like we don't know anything about this movie and it comes out in 10 months yeah. It comes out in 10 months. That's real. <laughs> yeah. Like we're going to we're going to be in the theater for a new Star Wars yeah. movie in just around what is the 6th today. Uh in roughly 10 months. I mean like it's like Yeah. Come on. Yeah. And we don't know we don't know what it's called. We don't know who any of the new characters are. We don't know how long after the last Jedi it takes place. We don't know anything. Yeah. We've seen, if you look at the leaked photos, we've seen Poe and Finn's outfits. That is honestly, for me, like from what I've seen from leaked stuff, that is the most information that we've gotten. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, definitely. You know, and they look good, but. No, I think, yeah. And you kind of see some people together, some characters yeah. together. Who's going to be together, so. Yeah, but like, we got nothing. Mm-hmm. We've got nothing yeah and i just i don't know i if the longer this goes on the more i think a they don't have a title yet and b like they don't have anything to show us yet because if they are still filming then what do they have to show us they don't have anything to show us mm-hmm. yeah you know i think that's the question on a lot of star wars fans mind right now is how does this end? where does this go after nine does it does it stop with nine mm-hmm. or does it set up like you said does it set up something and i've heard that thing before about kylo uh and i think that's really an intriguing idea i i I think i quite like it is you know kylo bringing back the sith like you said about darth vader and finishing what he started and like you said ruling the galaxy the sith bringing back the rule of two uh him and somebody else and and all that goes in it with with episode nine um him ending up maybe restarting the sith again uh, that would be pretty darn cool to me. Um, how, how they get there. I don't know, but man, it sounds pretty intriguing of, of hearing that. Cause I, I, that is something that I have heard before. And I don't know if you heard this, Mike, but there was a, um, I guess there was a leak on Reddit who, um, I guess some guy was able to dig into the star Wars website and he, and he looked through code and he did somehow find out what he thought might be the new uh, title. I don't know if you've seen this. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this is all speculation. So I, I, I'm going to say it because I don't think it's a spoiler yet. Cause we yeah. don't know. Anything. It's just, and they're saying it's a uh, balance of the force. Um, so, so other people in that Reddit you- thread later, I think, I think pretty roundly debunked it Did they? By, okay. by showing that there's actually a page on star wars.com for FX pinball, star Wars balance of the force. Um, uh, gotcha. I so I that. think that's actually where that's coming from. Uh, that guy, no, that doesn't rule it out just cause it's been used as a pinball thing. Right. Like it's, that doesn't mean anything. Um, 
Yeah, because I, I, it, yeah, it, it could be anything. It, it could be anything. Um, um, but yeah, so I don't know. Like, I, I kind of like it's it, balance of the forces. Mm, maybe, maybe that's a yeah. really soft like, maybe for work. me. Yeah, yeah, it could work, but you it could work, but it's not a great title, I don't think. Um, yeah, no, yeah, you know, and you were talking about the uh, as far as like the animation stuff and, and resistance, which we'll get you to in a second here. Yeah, um, I certainly learned my lesson about animation and the Star Wars world. It's like Obviously, I was a huge fan of the movies and, and the books and stuff like that. And then when the animated stuff started way back when yeah. with the Clone Wars or even with the Clone Wars micro series, uh, I guess I just didn't realize like what I was missing. And um, I certainly haven't made that mistake since with watching the rest of the stuff that's come out because it's certainly not. It's certainly been stuff that um, adult fans can really dig into and gleam a lot out of it. And Resistance has done that here and there but i think you know it's obviously gauged to a smaller audience and and it it's for everybody obviously but um i think that's maybe the disconnect it has with some of the hardcore fans maybe the fans that are in my age bracket uh, they're just looking for maybe a little more uh i think the term you like to use mike is um uh, what, what's the term oh, gosh I'm, I'm drawing a blank all of a sudden like the star wars it's miss. It needs that um, something in it. Whatever I, I, you say it all the time, and I can't believe I'm drawing a blank. I don't know what you're talking about right now. I'm trying. I'm trying to <laughs> follow you. It's just. It needs that Star Wars something in it that um, maybe it's not getting uh, for some yeah. of the fans. Just not enough Star Wars. Not enough Force. Not enough Jedi, and that kind of thing. And I think once they get around to getting closer, and I think they're doing that, getting closer with the First Order stuff. Oh, yeah. In this episode, the First Order here, they're starting to close ranks here they're starting to make Look, their move you know so i i yeah i think i think that this season ends with um the destruction of star killer base i think that's how we're how like i think that that while that's occurring while yeah. that that attack is going on that our heroes are are liberating the colossus right um and and then I think that the beginning of season two is going to be like like maybe even just the first episode is going to be like what's happening with these characters After. during or during yeah. mm-hmm. during the last Jedi. And then or maybe even the first like 10 episodes, right? Because we do 10 episodes, take a break. By the time we take that break episode nine happens and we come back. I think it's entirely possible. And we've talked about this before that it's going to fill in the gap. It's going to be, uh, it's going to, it's going to be the connecting tissue between these episodes and it's going to potentially involve all of the characters. And I think that one of the coolest things is think about how much we've seen Poe Dameron in this season and we're not done yet or he's coming back in a couple of weeks and uh what if we can get oscar isaac you know like then john boyega daisy ridley they'll be in it they'll Mm -hmm. be in it at some point they're going to be in star wars resistance so i look forward to those moments i look forward to seeing these characters in Star Wars Resistance, interact with the greater resistance. I think it's going to happen. Because um, uh, I think, well, like, why do you call it Star Wars Resistance if that's not what it's about? But I think it's going to... They, I think that they have to be careful. They have to figure out how they position it because, obviously, these characters would have been a great help to the resistance in in those final moments of... Mm-hmm. The Last Jedi. Yeah. Why didn't they respond, right? When everybody else was was mm-hmm. responding. But I think that as soon as they're on the Falcon and they're flying away, that, that you know, I, I whatever Kaz and crew are dealing with, that the next thing they're going to do is they're going to rally with these heroes. And mm-hmm. it's entirely possible that the first place that the Falcon goes... Like, how much sense does it make? It makes so much sense if that's been liberated from the First Order and it's protected by 
the aces and the platform itself because it's got guns and shields and the rockna and everything right um because mm. i i firmly believe that the rockna is going to play a big role in in saving yes. Yes. the 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 colossus um I, that it, like it makes perfect sense for that to be their first safe haven to like regroup, and and look okay this is where I'm gonna I'm gonna go off off the rails a little bit I'm gonna get a little bit crazy and I, to go into crazy Star Wars fan speculation fan theory territory, mm-hmm. how great would it be to get a moment in at some point in season two maybe even towards the end of season two where the Falcon lands and all of our heroes are there Poe and Finn and Ray and, and Rose is up and about and Leia is there and we get to see the Porgs in this style. And then, you know, like they make it a rally point and everybody else that they're calling in, like they're calling, like they have to call everybody in, right? Like the resistance and the, and the Jedi, the new Jedi order, they need, all the help that they can get. Mm-hmm. And so they put the call, like now that the call is out there and it's like, okay, well we're going to, everybody's going to rally at Castellon, right? I, uh, we get the ghost shows up and Hera and, uh, and, uh, and Jason come walking down that, the, the, the ramp on that. And then, you know, like, like oh, this like, is, yeah. this is where it gets really crazy. Uh, Cause there's still a story to tell there. But like, what if we saw Ezra mm. and Ahsoka and and uh, I and Sabine, right? Sabine. Yeah. Um, and how can I talk about all this without going there? But uh, the Freemakers, right? Because <laughs> they're out there in the galaxy, and um, yeah. there is a Freemaker. Have you? Are you caught up on Lego Star Wars All Stars? No, I'm not at all. Okay, so all. we haven't talked about it, and I'm going to spoil it a little bit, but I'm going to kind of like just point you guys in the right direction. Go watch all of Lego Star Wars All-Stars because it does meet up with the Resistance timeline, and hmm. when it does, hmm. there is a character that is a Freemaker in the Resistance timeline like in in the in the the sequel timeline Mm -hmm. so like there are still freemakers in the galaxy and uh and it's entirely plausible that uh that that freemakers could uh could cross over um and i know like people give me flack because it's like well the freemaker adventures isn't canon and blah blah it's like no the freemaker adventure stories as they are because their lego stories aren't canon that's not to say that the freemaker characters aren't canon and it's only a matter of time it's only a matter of time Mm -hmm. there are tons of characters that weren't canon forever um until they were right so I I hold out hope that those characters get to live on, um, and uh, and I think that everybody should go watch Lego Star Wars All Stars because it was great, and it what it does is it actually connects, um, essentially Solo straight through to the Last Jedi, mm. and uh, and and it and it it actually I mean it goes back even further if you include the Roger shorts that they did sort of leading up because those Roger shorts are they cover the prequels right. Um, up until solo and then and then you go forward you get the origin story of of roger himself and how he came into the into the hands of the freemakers and became roger and not just a battle droid um yeah i mean like i they they did such a great job on lego star wars all-stars we haven't given it the love it deserves yet um and and we need to and and i think that uh, my timing this summer is going to be a little bit rough, so I don't know if we'll have time to do a full season of Clone Wars Special Edition like I was hoping that we would. But mm-hmm. I do think that we're going to have time to dig in and do an episode-by-episode episode, um, LEGO Star Wars All-Stars uh, uh, recap. Um, so so I think that we'll do that after Resistance has completed. Um but uh, it definitely it definitely deserves it because because it's as good as the Freemaker Adventures was. Um, mm. It took a little bit for me to get into it until I realized what they were doing, and mm. then I was like, like the jokes and everything were great, but like the I was missing the the serialized aspect of of 
Freemaker Adventures until I realized that they were actually telling this story across the saga. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, oh, okay, now I get it. This is actually filling yeah. in the gaps um, and actually complementing both Freemaker Adventures as well as some of the movies. So go, if you're a Freemaker Adventures fan, then I, I hope that you've already seen it. But if you haven't and you were sort of sitting on it waiting, uh, now's the time. Go watch it. Uh, yeah, you know, if you want to bring in fans to this show, you're talking about like the Millennium Falcon and what all that could bring yeah. to the show. I mean, that's gonna that'd be huge. I mean, that's what people want. They want to see this stuff kind of. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, so definitely that would be an awesome thing to do. I'd love to see that as well. So. Yeah, and like when you if you've got all these actors in a studio doing ADR for their for the movie that they're all in. Get them to record some episodes of Freemaker of uh, Resistance, and yeah. uh, and and you know just take it from there. But Definitely. we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, uh, you know, each we just kind of cross our fingers and and just like, hey, are we gonna have anything? And yeah, uh, we're just we're still waiting. But you know what? Probably gonna be. It sounds like now it's gonna be a celebration before they drop anything. So that's gonna be a huge, huge week. Yeah. Uh, uh, of stuff coming out. So other than that, um, nothing else to talk about. You ready to get into the episode? Yeah, let's jump into it. All right. Calculate the jump, Chop. How is my boyfriend doing? Maybe I can help you. I am Boba Fett. What was that? What was what? The throwing and the falling. Over there. Don't think about it. <laughs> Kenobi! Hand it over, Ewok! No! So you mean to tell me you were staging a rescue, not attempting to hijack a Jedi starship? You're welcome! Now, it's time for the Rebel Cells. Episode Recap. All right, so we got the First Order Occupation, directed by Bosco Ng and written by Kevin Burke and Chris White. Uh, here we go, Mike. The First Order continues to establish its security presence on the Colossus. When Kaz tries to intervene in the arrest of another citizen, the stormtroopers turn their blaster rifles on him, stating that he may be the spy they're searching for. Um, you know what? Let me let me just add a few things here. Um, sure. This thing, obviously, we open up with... Uh, Sonara actually, she's trying to take a buy a ticket off world. The first order has locked down all the shuttles on the Colossus. Yeah. Um, so, and another just side point here. Love this. I always love hearing Tie Fighters, no matter what it's on. It's just that <laughs> screech is so awesome. But anyway, uh, oh, another side note too. I love the fact that the alien wasn't speaking um, basic, and it's just a small little thing that just it's a pet peeve that i have and it was one of the things that like in solo with lady proxima it just i don't know i just wish she wasn't speaking that weird you know old aunt kind of voice and everything mm-hmm. i just wish had her another voice and subtitles just a little oh i that, love that part i love that fact like that's one of the things that i find I, totally I, I find that to be so star warsy that like here's this thing this creature and you're like what is this thing and it rises up and then this old woman's voice comes out of it and you're like what? i was like what yeah okay so we can we can we disagree on that one that's fine yeah. um, but but they did it in here where they they just it, it kind of talked and and sonara kind of did the translations which is you know kind of reminds me of job and all that kind of thing although he was subtitled but um anyway so the First Order saved Tora, and they kind of get into this in this next episode, uh, next uh, um, paragraph. Mm-hmm. So you know what? Uh, I'll just let you. I'll let you do the sure. next one, and then we'll talk about. It. Yeah. Thankfully, the beleaguered alien finds his identification and grabs the attention of the First Order soldiers, allowing Kaz and his friends to sneak away. Meanwhile, Captain Doza contacts Commander Pyre, expressing his concern with the behavior of the stormtroopers. So I, uh, the piece that that left out is uh, that they didn't get away before Niku volunteered all of Kaz's personal information. Um, right. So, yeah, I mean, I, it kind of puts them on the trail of Kaz. Uh, yeah. And I think, like, so this is one of the things that I'm really appreciating about this series. Granted, it took us a while to get to this point. 
there was a lot of stuff in the beginning of the season that was a little bit kind of like, okay, all right, fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. Now that we're actually getting into it, we are moving through it a clip, right? Yeah. Like they could have definitely started this process in the story five or six episodes ago and then had a bunch of stories about Kaz trying to stay out of the the crosshairs of the First Order. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to do that. It's like right. he's like they're he's on their radar. And and I don't think that that's going to go away. I think that that's going to be a problem in the future because um, they know who he is. They've got his name. All that. And and they're they're not they're kind of not playing around with it. It's like this is a real threat and no one else seems to understand the, what the First Order is about. But Kaz is slowly, I think, winning people onto his side. Um, and it's going to be really interesting to see where the breaking point is and what's going to be the thing that, that changes the game. Um, and I think that we're going to get a long ways towards that in the next episode. Um, but yeah, it's, I I just think it's a very interesting dynamic and it's very, they're making a real point of, of, of painting the first order as just another faction in the galaxy and not a real threat and that people look at it and go, yeah, well, they're bullies, but that's all they are. And it's it's only the resistance and Princess Leia and General Organa who really sees what this is because she knows who's behind it. Right. right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. I think it's interesting how they're building this up. Yeah. Well, that's what was kind of what I was getting at was uh, where I was going to get to is um, – you know, they, they, here's here's Kaz and and Nika, they're on there, and they notice that the, that's the fifth Tie Fighter that's kind of you know, done flybys and landed in a week. So obviously the first order starting to t- starting to close in, right? But the, here's the thing: like even Tam, she doesn't, and, and a lot of the uh, the residents on the Colossus, they don't understand why Kaz is so concerned. Um, you know, here's the thing: they they've all fallen for that rescue of Torah. Yeah. And that's kind of like, hey, you know, they save Tor, they save this. You know, why wouldn't you, uh, you know, why wouldn't you get behind them and support them? And they obviously don't know what the true intentions are. And uh, and then it jumps to you're talking about Doza here and, and uh, Pyre. Uh, Doza notices the Colossus is sure it's safer, but at what cost is it safer? You know what yeah. I mean? And in the tower, Doza tells Commander Pyre through the hologram that he's not happy about the stormtroopers overreaching their authority on his platform. But Pyre report, he, he kind of talks back, says, you know, Hey, the detachment will stay there until such time as the pirate threat is, you know, has been eliminated. So Dose is obviously in, he's between a brick and a hard place here, a rock and a, and a hard place, mm. not really anywhere to go. But again, like you said, Mike, it's the first order. They haven't shown their true colors yet. The people and even Tam are, I think Kaz and probably Yeager are only ones that really know what's going on with the First Order. Or, yeah, I, I think Kaz, Yeager, and Doza, right? Because I think that Doza, being a former Imperial yeah. officer, yeah, yeah, understands yeah. what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I, I And I think it's interesting. I think that's going to be one of the most interesting dynamics going forward is um, obviously the Empire wasn't particularly great either. But mm-hmm. I think that Doza is an honorable person, and um, he's actually kind of reminding me a bit of uh, uh, Admiral Pelion uh, uh, from from the expanded universe, from the Legends stuff, um, who was very much a career officer and and served under Grand Admiral Thrawn, and uh, pretty famously in those stories, but goes on to become a New Republic officer when he realizes that the the Yuzan Vong are a, are a bigger threat than, yeah. um, than the empire and the, the, the Imperial remnant and the new Republic continuing to fight. Right. Mm-hmm. So he, he kind of defects and takes his star destroyers with him, And, uh, and he's one of my favorite characters from the, from the legend stories because he, he is a good man, even though he is on the side, the wrong side of history. And it's one of those things where it's like, there are, 
it's this is a George Lucas thing. It's in yeah. uh, Revenge of the Sith, right? Uh, in the their heroes on both sides. I mm. uh, yeah. and we saw that throughout the Clone Wars. There are heroes on both sides, and and I see Doza as that type of character where it's like. When he was an Imperial officer, he was doing what he thought was right at the time with the information that he had. He saw a galaxy in turmoil and the Empire as the way to to bring peace and justice, right? Not understanding that it was also being used to subjugate and... Like, the Empire was a big place. Like, that's the thing, is it was spread throughout the galaxy and spread thin. And I think it was entirely possible for an officer to be on a mostly peaceful uh, Imperial occupied planet where, you know, if it, if, if it was a, a, a good moth and a good, a good governor and a, you know, like a, and, and good officers, then I'm sure that it was a pleasant place to live in the majority, not in the majority of the galaxy, but like those in those parts of the galaxy, people had no problem with the empire and yeah. saw the rebellion as we've talked about this. We've talked about this throughout clone wars and uh, and Star Wars Rebels, they saw the rebellion as terrorists, right? They saw them as Saw Gerrera and and his faction, um, and and hid behind the safety of the Empire. And mm-hmm. I think that Doza very much represents that part of the Empire, but that he's seeing the First Order and their tactics and the sort of insidiousness of it. Um, for what it is. And it's entirely possible that, that although Doza was an Imperial officer at one point, we don't know when he left that life behind for the Colossus, right? Did it happen after the fall of the empire? Did he leave before that when he maybe saw something that he didn't agree with? And now he's seeing that same sort of thing in the first order. So it's going to, time will tell on that and we're going to see where he lands. But I believe at this point that Doza is a good man. Um, and that when push comes to shove, he's going to do what's right for the people under his care that he's responsible for. Right. Um, and as a matter of fact, I, I fully anticipate seeing Doza sacrifice himself for his daughter and for the safety <laughs> yeah. of the Colossus at some point. Yeah, I was just going to mention that, you know, with him and his daughter, that's the key right there is I, th- I think she's going to have something to do with whatever happens to him. So good call on that. Uh, I definitely think that's kind of where we're headed with him. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I'll continue here. Talking privately, Yeager forbids Kaz from contacting the resistance as the First Order is monitoring all transmissions. They must wait for Poe to reach out to them. Soon, stormtroopers arrive looking for Kaz. According to the troopers, Intel suggests that there's a uh, pirate spot on the platform. And a security hologram shows Kaz lurking close to the tower the night of Tora Doza's abduction, and they're also looking for Sonara. So, again, Kaz, he insists, you know, we need to talk to Poe. We need to get the First Order, and 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 uh, Yeager's like, whoa, 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 time out. You know, they're monitoring everything. We can't do anything. Again, showing that the First Order is really on on point here with with this Colossus. So really, like I said, they're really starting to close in on this thing, and. Uh, it's, you know, hey, the stormtroopers, they visit Eager and they question Kaz, implicating that, you know, or reminding him he is a potential suspect in Taurus kidnapping because he was seen uh, with Sonarla on the, I guess, the security footage or whatever that uh, they they were at the tower. So he's definitely on their radar as well. So um, anyway, go ahead, Mike, if you want to. Yeah. Uh, to get some answers, Kaz follows Sonara to an isolated area where she contacts Kragan. The pirate leader speaks of the First Order's betrayal and agrees to arrange a pickup for his former spy, if she can escape the platform. Kaz hears everything. Still, he worries what will happen to Sinara should the First Order find out the truth and decides to help his friend. Uh, yeah, it, it, I mean, like, a, a lot of this episode is about Kaz and Sinara and mm-hmm. their uh, their friendship and what that's go- the effect that that's going to have or has already had on Sinara. Yeah. Um, yeah, showing that showing that Kragen is starting to kind of cut ties, uh, not not fully, but uh, you know, he's saying, hey, you know, we can't go through there. You're going to have to figure out your own way. And then, um, interesting how to see how this thing ends. I'll have a comment on that later. But yeah, he's starting to pull away, and uh, she's starting to to see also um, maybe everything's not as great as she thought. And, and this has been building up for a few episodes now with her and and her ultimate. Um, 
I guess it's not quite done yet, but we'll, I think it's coming up real quick. Uh, Cass finally reaches Sonara, informs her of recent developments, and quickly sneaks her out to a shuttle. Though BB-8 trips the craft's alarm while trying to open its doors, Sonara is still able to get on board. When troopers arrive to investigate, Kaz and his droid companion make a run for it. Soon, the spy duo find themselves quartered with nowhere else to run. So um, it's funny. They use, uh, I guess, I think it's Kaz. He uses food in place of spy. And he has this, you know, euphemism of food and and Mm -hmm. obviously pluming her in on what uh, he warns her that the First Order is after her and she has to leave. Um, the first order, they start questioning. I think his name is Glenn to about to where she is, and they can't find her. Then he sneaks her out, and he, he puts on a welding mask, and he sneaks her out of the crate. And then he says something that's kind of interesting too: that um, uh, the shuttle initially is planned uh, to escape uh, and was headed for Takodana. So you got a little, uh, you know, Force Awakens kind of thrown mm-hmm. in there, another plan, which is kind of neat to to see them. I, you know, it's always fun and, and neat to, for them to pull in. Uh, stuff from the uh, the films and another reference to another planet, though. But uh, yeah, Mike um, Cash, he's aware uh, of Sonara's identity and still helps her escape. So um, it shows the good in him as well, too. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, yeah, he he and he talks about it in this episode. He says to her, it's like, well, I know that you're a pirate, but I also know that you're a good person. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Are we going to continue uh, here? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. We're here. I'm at until. Yeah. Is that where I'm at? Yeah. Until Sinara. Uh, why? Did you finish that part? Actually, no, I didn't. I, I okay. could have, but I left it. Yeah, it's funny because they kind of put like an ellipsis and then it continues. So I'll, I'll go back to the beginning of that sentence. Soon the spy duo find themselves corner, cornered with nowhere else to run until Sonara arrives, knocking out the First Order troops and rescuing her friends. Together, they run back to the shuttle platform, but all the ships have launched. Kaz has one more idea. Niku, who possesses a great knowledge of the Colossus, may know how Sinara can get away. Um, so this is a, they bring Niku into it, and Niku never really understands exactly what's going on, but he helps yeah. anyways because he's such a nice guy. Um, and he knows everything about the Colossus. He, he says does. He knows every nook and cranny of this thing. And so uh, this is a place where, where I'll talk about the fact that I think that the Colossus has some secrets to tell. Um, yeah. I don't think... I don't think the Colossus, it, this is going to be kind of like Lothal, I think, where, like, I mean, Lothal was very much about the the Jedi and, and the Force and all that stuff. I don't think it's going to be kind of like, quite like that, but I think that the Colossus has a history. Um, we've gotten little glimpses of it with the, uh, oh, I, I need to remember, I need to, like, note what the name of the turtle species is, but um, Niku talks about how they've they've always been there. Like they've been there longer than anybody else. Like they've been they've been the caretakers of the Colossus, and they they live in the lower levels. And I think that we were all looking at the Colossus and seeing it as the majority of it is what's above the water, but it's actually like an iceberg, right? Like there's like twenty percent of it is above the water, and the other eighty percent is hidden. Um, and we see that. There, so I don't I don't really recall seeing that seeing that in this episode. Did we really get a good look at it? Uh, underneath, I yeah. mean, it, it shows the the shuttle taking off, and you can yeah. definitely there's yeah there's but there's some concept art on StarWars.com in the episode guide for this episode that shows that the true size of the yeah. Colossus, and uh, and it is massive, and like I said, the majority of it's underwater. So, you know, we've been so focused on the docks and uh, the tower and the races that we never even asked what's below the surface. And now we kind of have that answer and there's a lot below the surface. Now, is that mostly functional stuff or is there other stuff now? Like, I don't know, but I think that's going to be, I think it's going to be very important. I think it's going to be important in the fight against the first order. Cause I think that the first order is going to look at it as the top level stuff. And I think that our heroes are actually going to be fighting from the lower decks and there's going to be there might be a period of time where the first order has control of the surface and our heroes are all stuck underwater um and and fighting that way so i will we'll have to see time's going to tell on that one again but uh, i don't know i thought that i thought this was an interesting 
little piece of visual storytelling, environmental storytelling that we got that mm-hmm. uh, isn't necessarily important in this episode other than the fact that there are underwater escape pods. But uh, it's one of those things that's going to be important later. Yeah, you, you sent me a, a, a picture of – because I, I didn't even notice that. Um, I didn't even pay attention. And uh, it's like, whoa, yeah, you're right. This thing is – I mean, talk about stuff going on underneath that thing. I had no idea. So that's – like you said, could be definitely uh, something to look forward to uh, in the future. So um, – and again, you know, it's – here's Sonara. She has a chance to escape. Um but she sees Kaz and then decides to, to jump off and, and off and help him. So um, definitely both sides, Kaz and Sonara, kind of feeling that thing. So after a few false starts, Niku finally recalls that there are underwater escape pods. He leads Sonara, Kaz, and BB-8 in the direction of the turbo lift before creating and actually becoming a diversion, uh, releasing a pressure valve on a nearby pipe. Uh, Steam blasts Niku in the face, causing him to run off screaming. The stormtroopers follow, and BB-8 tags along to assist the hapless alien. So uh, Niku getting involved here, uh, creating the distraction that they need. And I think one of the, the funnier scenes was um, Kaz and Sonara in the turbo lift down the es- when they're going down to the escape pods. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a OP pit, the janitor, also in the in the lift, and yeah. it's kind of cheesy elevator music, and they're kind of just going down. They're kind of do what everybody does in elevators. You kind of just look at the numbers and you're kind of like, uh, where do I look? And it's kind of a funny scene that rings true to, uh, to real life. So I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, and that poor guy, he gets his, his buffer taken away. His buffer. And, yeah. And he's so upset about it. And yeah, I, he's one of my favorite characters in the series so far. Cause he's just kind of in the background of each episode. Yeah. Um, and, uh, always buffing away. Uh, and, and clearly he really loves his work, but, uh, but here they, uh, they kind of screw them over, and uh, that's the first yeah. order for you. They're they're yeah. evil to the core. Yeah, definitely. Go ahead, Mike. <clears throat> uh, at the escape pod bay, only one vessel remains, and Sinara climbs in. I want to thank you, Kaz, she says. Being here has opened my eyes to so many things. I wish things would have worked out differently, Sinara, Kaz replies, before closing the door. Onto his head, uh, in classic <laughs> clumsy Kaz style. The, pl- the pod blasts off into the ocean and we get a really great moment of just sort of the serene beauty of, of the mm. under the ocean yeah. on, uh, 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 on Castellan and, uh, and the, the pod rockets past the Rockna and the yeah. Rockna pays it no mind. It yeah. kind of like the eyes open and it kind of notices it, but it just, and for a second you think like, Oh, is something going to happen? And then you realize, Nope, the Rockna has no, it's not an aggressive creature. It's not, it's not evil. It, it it was like purely just after it's it's young, uh, it's, uh, it's a little yeah. hatchling or whatever, and mm-hmm. uh, and that's why this is one of the things where it's like I think that there's a little bit of foreshadowing there, that yeah that when when they need it that the Rockna might come back to help them fight the First Order. Yeah. I I foresee a situation where we've got the Aces, the Pirates, and the Rockna all fighting the first order together um, mm. in order to save the Colossus um, and, and save Castellan. So uh, yeah. I, I look, I look forward to that moment. I was going to ask you if you thought that was the same uh, Rockna that was, you know, yeah. essentially Bebo's mother. I'm assuming that's her. I think she, I think in a, in a way, like you said, she's staying around there uh, yeah. kind of feels like an attachment to the Colossus now or somehow, um, some kind of uh, a debt possibly to uh, to Niku or something like that. Um, so yeah, I think definitely there's some there's some stuff going on with with just that just a little hint of seeing her out there. You know, she's right there, so that's kind of good. Um, I'll finish it off here. Mike Sonara contacts Craig and informing him that she has made it out and sends coordinates for pickup back at the Colossus. And out of breath, Niku returns to Yeager's garage before passing out from the experience. Cragen meets Sonara at the rendezvous point. Looks like you're ready to come home, he tells her. Yes, more than ever, Cragen, she replies, more than ever. So here we go. We got the end. And for a moment, I was kind of, I thought of myself, Mike, it kind of uh, reminiscent of what happened to Agent Callus 
at the end of the honorable ones in the rebel series. Um, obviously not to that extent. I mean, what happened to, to Callus was, man, he was just, I mean, you talk about being shut off. I mean, they just left him to die, hmm. but this one, not as much, but I definitely think there's something there as far as obviously she's got conflicted feelings. Uh, Craig and they, they saved her, but he kind of was like, Oh, it looks like you made it back. And then they go on about their business. So not a lot, not a huge return for Sonara back to the pirates. They were, I think they kind of just left her for to deal with herself. She made it out, so they go, okay, yeah. well, but I don't know. Any any thoughts on how um, kind of parallels what happened to Callus? Obviously not as much, though. you have any any thoughts on that? I think so. I think we talked a little bit about it last week, right? And and I think it's uh, there. It's very similar, um, I, but in the sense that, like, the, the – the Empire didn't care about Callus because he was just part of their machine, right? So it's like, yeah. uh, and 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 um, Zeb allowed him to to realize that what they had been doing was was actually wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with Sinara, as I talked about last week, I think she's known all along that what they're doing is wrong. They're pirates, right? I don't think that she harbors any illusions that they're that they're heroic in some way, or that they're the good guys. They're obviously out to to you know save themselves but i think in in a similar fashion to both han solo and lando and maybe even to a certain degree hondo i that that sinara is beginning to realize that the galaxy is bigger than her experiences and that there are good people out there that are willing to put their lives on the line as kaz does in this episode um in order to protect their friends and I, I think that that's going to have a big effect. I mean, she says it, uh, being here has opened my eyes to so many things. Yeah. Right? And I think right. that's, I think that's going to be important later on down the road. Yeah. Even Cass says during, uh, during that one there scene on the platform entrance that he says, yeah, I know you were a good person. So yeah, well, it's, it, the end is, is a little cloudy and you don't know where they're going to go with it, but I think she could possibly have, come back to help with the Colossus or Kaz or something like that um, yeah. in the future. So She'll definitely uh, be back. She'll definitely yeah. be back. Sure, sure, yeah. But that's uh, that's it, man. That's it for this episode. Uh, like you said, good episode. Not great, but good. Uh, yeah. I think we're in the right direction. So Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, like, the, definitely the second half of the season has been more what I expected, more what I was hoping for. As we build into sort of the mythology stuff and dealing with the First Order, the show gets better every every week i think um with some high points in between Uh, i would have liked to have seen racing a little bit more in the forefront back at the beginning of the series i think that they could have done a little bit more with that but um it's in the past now and now we're on to bigger and better things with actually fighting this war against the first order um the war is coming to castellan coming to the colossus so i i'm i'm looking forward to the next few episodes to see how things shake out um, obviously, uh, uh, next week we've got the new trooper. Uh, here's the description. When Kel and Isla seek out Kaz's help after knocking out a stormtrooper, Kaz dons the trooper's armor to protect the kids and spy on the first order. You can see some, uh, images from that, uh, upcoming episode over on our Instagram or, uh, on the website. Um, and then after that, we've got the core problem and the disappeared the core problem being, our episode where Poe is going to be returning. So we'll see Poe in a couple weeks. Um, mm, nice. But, uh, but that does it for this episode. Yep. Uh, that does it for the first order occupation. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Of course, you can stay up to date with all the latest star Wars animation news by heading to rebelcells.com. Like I said, you can head there and you can check out the images from this upcoming episode, the new trooper. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rebels podcast on Twitter at rebels podcast and on Instagram at rebel cells. You can follow me on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Arkwolf A R K W U L F. Uh, same on Instagram and you can follow Matt on Twitter and Instagram at the crankster. That's crankster with a K. Um, and of course you guys know we're a part of the Thunderquack podcast network. Head to thunderquack.com to check out all the other great podcasts in the network. And if you like what you hear, uh, you can support us in two ways. First, by heading to store.thunderquack.com, which uh, several of you have been doing, and picking up some merchandise like a T-shirt or a cell phone case or what have you, whatever whatever tickles your fancy. Uh, 
Or the other way to support us is by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack, kicking in your monthly support uh, with a pledge over there. Uh, as little as a dollar gets you access to the official uh, Thunderquack Facebook group um, on Patreon. Uh, sorry, uh, the Patreon group on Facebook. It's an exclusive group just for Patreon supporters, um, as well as uh, access to the exclusive Thunderquack podcast, uh, which is only for Patreon supporters as well. So uh, patreon.com slash Thunderquack. There's other rewards as well, but those are the most important ones. Those are the two. Those are the two biggies. Um, yeah. That's it for this week. Thank you guys for listening. I, you know, stay tuned to all these Star Wars channels because I've got just they got to drop some news at some point. <laughs> come on. Come on. Star they Wars. can't hide this from us forever. Yeah. Uh, but I, I until they do or until next week, <laughs> we'll see you guys later. We'll talk to you next week for the episode. The new trooper. Mm-hmm.